Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overprohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Spring has sprung, and apparently that means all you filthy types who like to have bald downstairs parts are now going to shave your knackers. Now, I think it's a bit wrong this right because if you are quite happy with pubic hair in the winter to keep your balls warm i think it's a little bit hypocritical of you to turn around now and say look at this i've got a basted turkey ready for you but that's apparently what a lot you do and if you're going to do it there's only really one product you can use to do that and that is of course manscaped and you'll get 20 percent off and free shipping at manscaped if you use the code rangers just go to manscaped.com they are as you know the best in their ball care bundle ball care bundle when i'm taking care of my balls i get told to take my hands out my trousers it's it's wrong, I tell you. But uh, it is, uh, it's got everything. The lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, the weed whacker, the ear and nose hair trimmer, and trust me, we do all need those. Uh, the crop preserver bald... Oh, Jesus Christ. The crop reviver... To- reviver? Toner, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag to hold your goodies. The lawnmower trimmer is an elite electric trimmer that provides a proprietary advanced skin-safe technology because nobody wants... God almighty, can you imagine getting a neck down there? Jesus, oh my God. Um, oh, and you, 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 really, you really couldn't go to your, you know, your work nurse and ask her to put a plaster on it. I mean, you, you get in trouble for that these days. But uh, it's waterproof and supplied with an LED light. So high technology perversion. I love all this stuff. But yes, go to manscaped.com and type in the code Rangers. You'll get 20% off and free shipping and you'll be walking about with testicles as fresh as a summer morn. Hello everyone. 
everyone and welcome to Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast. My name is David Edgar. I am your host as always and joining me this weekend to discuss Rangers 5-2 victory over St Mirren and maybe to look a little bit ahead to what that might tell us for next season, both good and bad. It's first of all the Sage of Sulkets, it's Andy McGowan. Hello David, hello folks. I see you've been making friends on social media again this weekend. <laughs> Well, do you know what? I am in a, what do they call it, a no-fox tour given, or no-fox given tour, that's what I'm on just now. I'm fed up trying to be pals with everybody, I'm just going to say it. you just going to say it as it is. As it, I'm going to become Bill Leckie, basically. Oh, for fuck. No. Well, <laughs> well, in that case, right, to be Bill Leckie, you need to be quite lonely. So, does that mean that your wife's going to be single? Because she's very attractive. <laughs> so, you know, just, just send her my well, life for comfort. If, if I'm going to go for something, I'll go for it. Full-hearted, so yeah, whatever it, it takes to become Bill Lecky, I'll become Bill Lecky, mate. It'll take you about four stone, a pair of Converse, and walking <laughs> in the rain after you've been divorced. But uh, also joining us to discuss the game at the weekend, it's the ultimate original Rangers da, it's Alan Bradley. Am I on the right call here? I'm not so sure all this Bill Lecky, uh, Andy's... Line. Andy's the only reason I came on, David. I mean, I know you're good, you know, without a doubt. But Andy, Dad, a postman, me, an ex-postman. I thought we we're going to get some real quality. What's happening? Uh, it's him. He said it himself. He's changed. We used to bring him on for his authoritative takes and all things Rangers, and now here he is trying to pimp his wife out to me. It's a it's a disgrace. It's, it's just it's not on. So I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna remember our Presbyterian background, lads, and take us straight back to Saturday afternoon. Andy, we have entered that stage of the season where we can't win the league and therefore the intensity does drop in games. And I'll be honest, for large parts of the game of the weekend, I felt that. I felt that from the crowd, some of the players. The players who we're going to talk about are the ones who maybe aren't feeling that at the moment. Is that an inevitable thing that will happen at this time of year when the league goes and... Really, yeah, everybody's looking to, to one game now as being, you know, the big one, mm-hmm. the testing game. And I suppose it is inevitable, but equally, you know, they, they do need to finish the season on a high. That is something that I, I think the manager sort of spoke about after the game, that there were times he wasn't particularly happy with what he was watching. Nah, I mean, I'm, I'm an eternal optimist, as you know. So before listening to this experiment, it's, yeah, we can still win it, you know. If this, it's not mathematically no, impossible. No, no, we can't. But we can't, no. And there is a, a real danger at this time of year that the, the season just falls off a cliff. We've seen that under Gerard a couple of times, you know, and uh, it's just dead rubber, as they say. Um, but in saying that, I thought the, the tempo was quite good on Saturday. I thought the crowd was reasonable as well. Um so it, it was heartening to see that that was still the case, but I do think that your point there, David, is bang on, that there's there's a subtext to it, which is obviously that we've got one game to wouldn't quite save our season, but it would give us um, some much, much needed um, hope and you know point towards aspirations that we're holding that we really can't uh, see for certain just now. So everything points towards a semi-final, um, the momentum has to stay there. I think I said it in the post-match other week that we need to keep, we need to create momentum up and to and including that semi-final. The players should be playing for their places. I don't know if that's going to be really the case. You know, we've got a couple of players there out of contract. I, I think that there might be a couple of players in the squad that have been told to look for their clubs. Going by Bill's comments the other day about um, the communication within the within the, the club. 
So, strange dynamics, not ideal dynamics. You'd like to be going for both the league and the cup, and it would be totally different. But we are where we are. There are some rays of light that we'll probably speak about today. There are some concerns, as always. Um, there's just... I hate to build things up too much, but there's a lot riding on this semi-final just for a hearts and minds perspective as much as a football perspective. No, I'd agree with that. Alan, I'm going to do something a little unusual in here, which is praise one of the other sides in the SPFL, because St Mirren came to Ibrox, I felt at the weekend, and they had a go. They played two up front, and they pressed us right from the right from the front line quite often when we were bringing the ball out of defence. They had two up pressing, three up midfield pressing. Now, in terms of an approach to a game, they they lose 5-2, right? And people will say, well, look, it's a cuffing and they end up, so it didn't work. They'd have been better off doing what Dundee United did a couple of weeks ago when they came 10 men behind the ball, lost 2-0. I'd argue slightly differently. Dundee United were never, ever going to take anything from that match, right? They were not. They were there to not get cuffed. And they didn't get cuffed, fair enough, but they weren't going to take a point. They weren't going to take three. 2-2 with, with you know 12 minutes left. St Mirren are still in that match. And I just thought that that was a far better approach to it. I'm not saying that I wouldn't, you know, necessarily teams to be taking points off Rangers, but I just felt that it, it Scottish football as a product would benefit from teams going, do you know what, we'll have a go and we might lose. It's Ibrox. It's a free hit. They're not, they're not expected to take anything. And instead, they actually gave us a game. Yeah, I would agree, David. And as you see, they got it right. I remember even it was in the cup we played Partick Thistle as well, who actually you know, it was refreshing. To, no, but to actually see somebody, and as you say, ultimately it doesn't come down to these teams playing Rangers or, or say Celtic at Parkhead. It is more the other ones. So why not? And as you say, you got within, what, 10 minutes or whatever of getting something out of the game. Also, I think tactical, they've been doing really well before they came to us. So why not? Do you know what I mean? Because it's far better that than just doing that whole camp in. I mean, I think even Motherwell, did they not play? Was it last year or whatever? Was there even one man up? Or so well, the, 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 the two year ago, the Etting game, no, they played a 5-5. Genuinely not, but, nothing. Know, it was a 5-5, the no man up front. And yeah, I just look, honest to God, see if teams are coming and, aye, you know, yeah. coming out and having a go and getting thumped. I get it. I, I totally do. But, there are two sides, and St Mirren are a far better side than Dundee United. You just need a cursory look at the league table to see that. But mm-hmm. um, one came not to get battered, and didn't get battered, but but you know never, ever threatened to take anything from that football match. St Mirren came at the weekend and, and were very much like, and listen, at two each with 10 minutes left, it was not inconceivable that they might get a winner. So no. the way that the Rangers were defending, and let's just get straight to that. I'll stay with you first, Alan, on this one. Uh, now you are of a generation before mine, but uh, our, <laughs> our well, you are, but our generations, yeah. right? Um, we grew up with Rangers defensive rocks, yep. basically, yes. that yeah. founded on, and it goes back further. It goes back to the Iron Curtain defence. So yeah, I think we do probably place a premium more on defending, and and we've had this as amazing run of goalkeepers as we discussed, and I think that we do appreciate that more and overall this season the defending has just not been good enough and you, you just need to look at some of the goals we've conceded now the manager really was angry he was really described it as dreadful defending he described it as a horror show 
Um, he said, we lost last week due to two defence errors and then we've given away another two goals today. The defending at the first goal was horrific. The defending at the second goal was was comedy cuts, I felt. Now, they're both good strikes by O'Hara, so that that's true. My, my problem isn't that he gets the strikes. My problem with both goals are that he's in a position to do it. The first one, nobody closes down. Nobody gets out to the players. St. Mirren are able to whack in four crosses in succession, which shouldn't happen. McGregor doesn't come for the cross, which means Suter is having to head out at one point from about three yards out from under his bar. If a goalkeeper just comes and takes that, we're not talking about this attack at all. But it it's something that needs rectified next season because I think we're too easy to score against. Aye, and, and you, at the start, you talked about the Rangers' dad. So, I mean, I can go back to Ronnie McKinnon, uh, Jackson, Forsyth. Do you get what I mean? Andy as well, obviously, Terry Butcher. Goff wasn't probably as good a defender as likes of Butcher and some of them. But there was nothing wrong, Davey, with get the thing clear and there's indecisiveness as well. You think of even the game against Celtic at Ibrox, the getting near the end, we'll kind of try and flick it back to somebody or we'll get the ball out, the same at Parkhead, the, you know, the kind of the, the last old firm game too. For goodness sake, there's nothing actually wrong with just being decisive and one of you just going and clearing it and then going back and, and facing up. That's the frustration for me and we do it all the time. Even if it was once in a blue moon, David, you'd say, yeah, well, that's, you know, once every couple of months. But it's the fact it's the repetition all of the time that's really pisses me off. And I know they spend so long in terms of coaching this and doing this and patterns of play. But for goodness sake, I don't mean just hump the ball out all the time. But they need to be a lot sharper. And primarily it needs to be when it's anywhere near the box or whatever, as you say, stop them playing it in. Or if it is in there, just be decisive and get the ball out and move things. So... And I think because it's really only down to us in Celtic, as you know, the rest of the league, they've all they've all gone anyway. And that's the thing. I think we've got this kind of scar tissue too because of the last old firm when they won at Parkhead. We've now got another cup final coming up. We just keep giving away goals, David. Do you know what I mean? It's, Aye, I and, and that's the thing. You can accept, it's not very pleasant, but you can accept if, if somebody does something brilliant against you. And then, look, in O'Hara's yeah, yep. case with the first goal, it is something brilliant, but he should never, ever be in a position to do that because, you know, we talk about points of failure in a goal. Um, could he have done better? Could he? There are at least six or seven because that move goes on for a good 30 seconds before mm-hmm. it even comes to him for the job. And Rangers should be dealing with that. Any team should be dealing with it before it gets to that stage. Andy, uh, on the point about the goalkeeper, I urge people to go back and watch that first goal because it's it's unsavable, right? Not going to go on for that. But like I say, there's one point where the ball comes in and Suter's having to head it from, honestly, he's three yards out from his own goal. Any other goalkeeper comes and takes that, right? And like I say, you just it's, it's a forgotten incident in seconds. But it's not only because he doesn't come and take it that it leads to a goal we're discussing. It's the fact that we all know and the defence know that he doesn't come and take it. So they've got to go deeper. Um, and it invites pressure on us. We need, we absolutely need a goalkeeper who is able to come for crosses. McGregor's never been great at it, but he's completely stopped doing it now. And as I say, the defence know and try to cover for it. But it means that situations that shouldn't be threatening to us are threatening to us and then compounded by errors so we need to cut the errors but I honestly believe a goalkeeper who would come and just take things early would would deal with a lot of this and and it would mean the defence could start that six yards further forward like they're supposed to 
I, I think you're right. I mean, I've got a blind spot for McGregor, but you are correct. It isn't the factor, but it is a factor in a lot of these um, goals that we lose. And it's a big concern for me. I'm no concerned about the recruitment per se this summer. I think we'll we'll probably loosen the purse strings a wee bit and we'll do some wheeling and dealing between Bosmans and, and, and players that are bought. And I think there's a clear vision there. But what does worry me is that to buy a good goalkeeper, to actually buy a good a goalkeeper and pay a fee from, you need to pay a lot of money to get what we're used to. And I just wonder what we're thinking there. I know he mentioned Robbie McCrory coming back in and, and dispatches, but I think it's clear that if we want to go where we want to go, that John McLaughlin isn't quite there. I, don't, I think he's fine as a reserve goal. I think it'll be your turn. I, I agree with you there. And McGregor is more and more becoming um, just that wee bit of difference from where, what he was as a goalkeeper to what we're seeing now. It's so marginal, it's almost indecipherable. To, 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 you know, if you're watching one game of Rangers every other month, and you, you probably think there's nothing wrong with McGregor. So this is what worries me. I think um, I'll be very interested to see what we do, whether we go for, I hate to use the phrase, but the Joe Hart model, where they went out and bought a you know, a formerly top goalkeeper for, for nothing on a Boysman. I think he was freedom of contract. I, I, I would be interested to see what we do that. I had a look at Boysman's the other day, and there's not that many goalkeepers that A are recognising, B I think are, you know, stand out. Because you need to be something pretty decent, pretty special to be a Rangers goalkeeper. It's not just about ability, it's about mentality. So this is a concern, David, not just for game to game just now as we finish up the season. It's a concern for me in terms of the recruitment and what we're thinking. Um... I wouldn't surprise me in the slightest. Hold your horses here, but I wouldn't surprise me in the slightest if McGregor got another deal. No, 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 no. Just, do, do, just, do, do, do you know how that's a possibility? The course, way, the, poss- yeah, the way they're taught is cause a possibility, but just, just no. The fans will go fucking apeshit. And uh, you've pardon my language, but they will. Um, this is a sweary pod, did he, isn't it? I, 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 it. it well, you, yeah, exactly. I can't be blamed for this. This is your soul cuts upbringing. If you've been raising a town like Corwinan, Alan's disgusted. Yeah, I don't blame him. Yeah. Uh, Alan doesn't. Alan, folks, genuinely doesn't. So he's a proper old gentleman, whereas me and Andy are just ruffians. But um, yeah, I, I, you can't be doing it if he's coaching and you keep him registered for the third choice. I get that, but that would need to be spelled out. <sighs> categorically yeah. need a new goalkeeper um, because as I say I'm just I'm fed up watching this where it's as I say that should be dealt with there it isn't and it continues it continues apace Alan further on the defence um, I'm in a privileged position with with heart and hand that I hear a lot from Rangers fans right be it through mm-hmm. uh, messages on the site emails social media etc and one of the it, it, it's always a good barometer of what Rangers fans are talking about. One of the things they're talking about at the moment is Ben Davis and his future. And it's an interesting one because nobody emails me or messages me or talks to me on social media and says, Ben Davis is shit, right? He's a terrible player. We should, we should get rid. But equally, it's a, it's a strange one. It's almost like he's a bit meh, you know? <laughs> it, it, I, it, it's not, nobody thinks he's a bad player, but nobody really kind of thinks he's that good either. It, it seems... He seems to be neat and tidy. He's an excellent passer of the ball. Um, his positional sense is good, and he mops up a lot of things early. However, in one-on-ones, he's not very good. We see that at the second goal, and he's not the most commanding in the air. I, 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 I kind of find it as well that I'm not 
yeah, I don't dislike him, but nor am I particularly taken with him. And I can kind of see those those arguments that he's all right. You know, he's he's not the worst, and he's he's steady enough. But could we do better? Could we, you know, sell him back down south in the summer and look for someone else? And one thing I think I totally agree with: if he needs a centre half there to to hold his hand, he needs the organ. He needs a Goldson there with him to, yeah. to to be the man in charge. And I don't know. It's a strange thing to talk about that, that footballers. You know, you can play with personality. We're going to talk about Todd Cantwell. There's a player who does it. You're going to talk about Raskin. There's a player that does it. Davis just doesn't seem it's, to do that. No, he's it's, almost it's, colourless. It does. It seems a bit too quiet. Like for a centre half, you know, as you say, if if you've got obviously if you've got Conor Golson there with him, fine. It gives you that nice wee balance on the left hand side, but. It's just to me. You're talking even about. He's not like even a Sasa Papa. She was left hand side quiet, but consistent, consistent. But he did. There's just something. I, I mentioned the indecisive of his stuff, kind of thing. Even the goal, obviously the one at Parkhead. But he's not the worst either. I mean, he had given us a lot of balance. But then in a lot of those games as well, we weren't really getting teams really coming at us, coming at us too. So I, I, I don't know. For, for me. He might be okay as a squad player, David, but I still think we need another one to go in beside Goldson to to really be so confident. It's a strange one. And I'm not I really don't want to have a go at the guy because he's not done a lot, but as you say, you just can't quite put your finger on, you know. And it would be wonderful to have the old partnerships, you know, even if he's maybe not the most aggressive, but the two of them to play well. I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, I thought Hellander, obviously, injury-wise, but I thought Hellander was that step up. But again, we never really got him fit enough, didn't we? No, we didn't. You know, it's often... But when you know, we did, you know... that the, He was classic, could anticipate, you know, yeah. yeah. That, that's the thing. I, I, I think Davis' strengths, Andy... But strangely, his defending isn't the main mm. one. And maybe with Rangers, we just need... The, the counter-argument to that is that, well, in most games, we're going to have a lot of the ball. And a guy that can use it is obviously very useful. And I do understand that to a degree. But again, when you're looking at a revamp in the summer, you know, if you were to sell Davis, you get your money back, right? Or, or the guts of it. Um I, I just don't think I'd shed any tears if he headed back down the road this summer. Even though, as I say, I, I'm not. Or oh, he's, you know, mm-hmm. we've got to get yeah. rid. He's a prime player. He's. I, I just, I, I don't know. He just. There's no sense of permanence about him. I don't think. Before Andy comes in, ultimately, I think we're looking at playing against Celtic or playing in top European ones, and that's where it gives me the fear, David. You know, the mm. vast majority of all domestic ones, fine. You know, the two of them, but to to actually get that real. And we're talking about the kind of the goalkeeper as well. We must we must have a really strong spine. You'll get onto up front as well. But that's the thing. Maybe a squad player, but if we could maybe get something for him, you know, and then replace by obviously better, that would be my you know my choice anyway. Yeah. Andy? No, I think you've called it. He's he's not a great player, he's not a, he's definitely not a bad player and I think what we need to have is we need to the, the way to judge uh, the other centre halves apart for Goldson is can they play, can they command, can they lead without mm-hmm. Goldson? Now, I get the sense that Suter can, right? I do. I think I've always thought that you know take away the injury situation with Suter, and I think we've got a a real value player there for nothing. It's just the injuries is just a spectre that always hangs over him. But with Davis, what I've got is um, 
he's nice and tidy, but come the crunch, as Alan says, when you when you're you've raised the level of opposition, is he going to quit it? Because as we speak about Highlander there, Highlander could do that. He was a great defender at yeah, the top yeah. level, right? And you don't really play in Italy f- without having that in you to a degree. So I, I, I wouldn't. You've said it before, David. It wouldn't surprise me if there's a bit of trading goes on with Davis, but. Even if he doesn't go, I think um, we need to get a wee bit of mix in the the four or five centre halves that we're going to have because we've got Leon King in there, right? And he he's developing, but he's he's not ready to. I mean, we'd be talking about the same things about him if he's playing as we're talking about Davis, right? So you know, I, I expect he's to sign at least one other centre half, probably left sided, who um, is a bit more traditional. Let's put it I that do way. Too. Yeah, and I, do I think. And an answer to what you're saying about how we view Ben Davis, I think there is a it's in our DNA to prefer a Cattage over a Ben <laughs> Davis, right? Now you could argue pros and cons of both, but I think we like Cattage because you know he can win everything there. He's strong. He's big. He he, I it it tackles granny that kind of stuff. Where Davis is a wee bit more, and I hate to use the phrase culture. I can't think of another word, but you know he's a wee bit more mm-hmm. thoughtful as a player. I but, believe the modern term is progressive. Oh, fucking progressive. Anyway, so the... <laughs> did you swear again there, Andy? Aye. I did, I said flip. So when, the, when David said progressive, I thought he was talking about <laughs> my favourite music, but no, no. Prog, uh, prog rock progressive rock, yeah. But the, the last word I was wanting to say in the centre half is we, we, well, since Gerard, I think when we're selecting or, or scouting centre halves, one of the main attributes has got to be how, how their use of the ball is. And... I would probably question how, how how important that is. And the reason I say that is because if you're passing it around the back, right, I, I expect any professional player of any degree to kind of be able to do that. It's when you get the kind of passes that Bolson does, you know, cross-field, diagonals, the occasional uh, fired pass into your centre forward, raise back to goal, those kind of things. I don't see that happening enough in our team to say that it's an absolute requisite, prerequisite. Um, and I think again the mix of centre halves, you can have somebody that's lesser lesser ability in that regard next to Goldson. Suter can do it, you know, apart apart from his aberration last week at Parkhead. Um I think he's a player that can step out and, and do something. So much like we're talking about the goalkeeper, it's the market we operate in, their players are going to have slight deficiencies and the problem with Davis is that we're just seeing them when we don't want to see them. Parkhead couple of times mm-hmm. in Europe um, and it, 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 I don't know if he's going to be there long term I, I think we'll, if we get the opportunity to trade I think we'll do it Moving on to, to some of the bright parts of the match and that was I felt the performances of two of the newer boys Nico Raskin and uh, Todd Cantwell Early on in the match Alan we are awarded a penalty and it's subsequently missed but the the fact that the way it was won was really encouraging to me. None of our midfielders that were there before the, the January week make that burst into the box the way that Raskin did. That That is new. He's brought that. And that's, I think, one of the reasons why we like him because it's always about how can I get forward. Absolutely. I, I think when I was on the flagship several months ago and we were linked with him, you know, you look at the obligatory YouTube stuff, and I remember saying at the time, David, I watched a lot of him. And OK, he looked so comfy at the back and getting in and challenging and moving the ball. But it was always, it was it seemed to be this forward, you know, play forward. Like 
I don't know, during Ferguson's time, if you ever watched a Man United team, practically everyone wanted to play the ball forward. And as you say, I think Raskin does that. But he's now got this, he's going into space as well. You'll get onto Todd Cantwell too. But that's so much more better, isn't it, to what we've been watching over the past couple of years. People with that ability, but having that positivity and just opening things up for us. Mm, absolutely. And uh, I, I, I did enjoy his performance. There was mistakes in it. He should have done better at the second goal along with everybody yeah, else. Okay. Uh, don't get me wrong. Uh, the first goal, sorry. But uh, yeah, overall, I think he brings us a little bit of something. Andy Cantwell has impressed everybody. Um, you seem to be his podiatrist, but um, <laughs> he, he's a different type of player to the one I think we would expect. And I admit, I was maybe, you know, the hair and the Instagram. I was expecting a sort of a skillful but lightweight, you know, winger type who could be creative, would flit in and out of the game. And he's really not like that. Um, he's a midfielder. He's not, a, I think, a forward. He he, he attacks, but he, he'll do his shift as well. And he's involved in everything. He knits together a lot of moves. And, you know, the, the fifth goal was exceptional, that 60-pass move. And, yes, it was 60 passes, but it, it doesn't come about if he doesn't have that burst at the end of it, to, to go through and then pick out the perfect no-look pass to, to Scotty Arfield, a great finish, but uh, really was created by Cantwell. And yeah, I think it's, it's he's a different sort of player to the one I was expecting us to get, a better one and a much more all-round one. Uh, no, I've been really, really pleasantly surprised. I'm, I'm pretty much in the same space as you. I'd watched him in Norwich. He looked like a Ten a winger. I thought I would expect him to see him beating men more often. I, I, I like you thought he was a kind of winger, a kind of Grealish type player. But he's came in, and I think the style of play and the the trust that's been given to him by Beal has really landed with him. He's pretty sumptuous as a player. He's a kind of player that when when he's got the ball, you feel safe and that he's not going to get away cheaply. He can hold men off, and he usually is regressive. <laughs> So, and the new one. I know, um, but what what happened to that fifth goal is what I'd like to. That's the only criticism I've had him. I'd like to see him do that much, much more often, anywhere in the park, wide or through the middle. The one thing we've kind of stopped doing, to my liking, is that we used to be very good in and around the the box in terms of interchange and a play. The likes of Rebo and Hadji and you know a couple of quick one twos, and we were, we were through. We're getting better at it again, but I think he could be much, much more influential in that regard. And I'd like to see him attack players at the edge of the box and run into the box mm-hmm. because you either get a free kick or a penalty or, you know, if you do lose the ball, then it's no necessarily a, as dangerous as if you've lost it up the park. We should have bodies behind. So I think he's going to be an absolutely central player to us. Uh, I enjoy watching him. I really, really do enjoy watching him. I think if Raskin and Cantwell are the calibre of recruitment that, that Beals, Beal and whoever has left in the recruitment team have, have identified, then I think that we, we will be, we should be okay. Because I mean, the thing about Raskin that I really don't have to forget, but he's only about 21, 20. Oh yeah, so, and Cameron's only 24. Aye, so we've got, and then you add in Tillman to the mix, and you've got three really, really, and Hadji if you want to include Tim, really, really exciting um, players with their best years ahead of them, either playing for Rangers or to give us a return. You know, talk about uh, recruitment, but we've, we've got 
can't we offer, I believe, not that much money, certainly far, far less than what it would was about, a million and, about, about a million and a half. Uh, which is it's buttons, absolute buttons. I mean, they're talking about two or three million for the boy for Aberdeen Duke, who everybody loves all of a sudden. Yeah. So to get him and to get Raskin for less than a mil is really good business. And uh, I'm enjoying watching them. This is the thing. If we didn't mm-hmm. have them yeah. in the team just now, I think things would be a lot more flat in terms of freshness and you know, that familiarity breeds contempt between the support and the team when, when we're, we've lost a bit of goodwill for everybody. I think they've changed the dynamic a wee bit since January in that regard. Yeah, I would t- totally agree with that. And I think that, you know, I agree with you on Cantwell. He, he got into the box, got his goal, lovely finish. Um, he then, as I say, creates the fit. And the manager said that. He wants numbers from him. He wants him influence. He said, I'm going to keep on at him. He actually used that phrase. He goes, because I know he can do more. Uh, I see it and I want to, to bring that out of him which is good to know, but he looks comfortable as a Rangers player. And that's a big thing for anyone arriving here. And I think Raskin, you can say the same about. Uh, an interesting one, Alan, at the weekend was, there was no Ryan Kent. And I know the cynics among you will be going, no Ryan Kent, we score five mm. goals, which, you know, um, I I think is a bit of a look to next season because I don't think Kent's going to be here next season. But uh, we, we then, you know... The manager says, right, okay, I'll, I'll play the team I think we'll expect. And then Sakala starts. Took Sakala off with half an hour to go um, and put on Rabi Matondo. And I actually asked him, was that a prearranged thing? Because I don't think Sakala was doing that badly. He'd scored. And he, he said, no, um, Sakala hadn't been playing that well as, as far as I was concerned. So I was taking him off and putting Matondo on. And he comes on and he gets a goal and an assist. Um, slight praise of VAR here. That's what it's for. Far. Yeah. No, it's true because see, at the time I thought he was yards offside. Genuinely, I thought he was at least a yard. I thought it was a daylight offside. Uh, the linesman, though, keeps his flag down, um, puts it up. I, I, I wouldn't have been criticizing the linesman for getting that one wrong, Alan, because it was, you know, inches, but that's what it's for. Um, the pullback is superb, incidentally. And then Alfredo, with the cleanest he's hit a ball in months, I mean, it yeah. was a Perfect finish for the wee man. Um, and we're scoring a, a really beautiful goal. Um, we have to try and get something at him. I'm not saying we'll manage it, by the way, but he's £3 million and a decent wage. We have got to try to get something out of him. I, I, I can't remember which one, whether whether it was Spurs or West Ham or whatever, but I remember, and I remember seeing him in front of us in Eastern Cozier bombing down there and yeah, we were West just going home. And, and I remember us going back and it was like, geez, oh, we've got something really special there. And obviously for various reasons, he's not. But as you say, what he did when he came on, I think that the manager mentioned that he had played a wee bit during the week as well. He's not quite up to full, you know, kind of, kind of fitness and so on. But no, I, I definitely think so. As you say, David, you're spending that amount of money, it'll be a good salary too. Why not? And I think, unfortunately, it does look as if Ryan Kent anyway. I think he's he's going to have offers elsewhere anyway. So we've, we've got to try and do that. We've got to use some of the assets that we've got. Yeah, and, and I think, Andy, that we're the best one in the world, with the exception of semi-final, we have the opportunity to do it, unfortunately. Yeah, and Matondo is so Matondo may leave Rangers in the summer and we may get a bit of our money back or he may still be here next year. The, the point I did say I was on my wee tour, my no F's given tour. The point I make about Matondo is that um we're far, far too fast to write off players. And I know he's been garbage 
Mm-hmm. I know he said some howlers, and I know he missed a sitter at Tyne Castle, whatever it was, and he's not exactly set the header alight. However, we as a and we're talking about generations, how many times have we seen players that have come into Rangers, no settled, and have turned out to be really good Rangers players? And I refuse to believe that we cannot use him to some regard. Um, maybe no domestically all the time, but just because of the nature of the teams that we play. But I think uh, in Europe, it's the kind of player that we've made a great I mean, you look at what Ryan Kent's done for us over the last four years in Europe. It's been tailor-made for him in terms of using his pace and, and us playing balls in behind. And um, I look across the city, you're not going to tell me that the likes of Abada isn't a hundred times better than Matondo, but they get a tune out of them in terms of the way they play, the way they get players in behind or they get the, the, the wingers attacking the back post. So I'm still, I've, I've got that devilment in me, Davey, where I, when I see folk getting attacked, particularly Rangers players, I like to kind of back them probably blindly to the point where I'd, I'd love to see them prove everybody wrong. I don't know if he's going to be able to do it right, but between now and the end of the season, I would like to see him played, played after the left for a start. And on the Talking Ted show a couple of weeks ago, fun enough, unanimously, myself, Alex Staff, Adam, all kind of came to that same conclusion because the final word we said on it was there's probably a better chance of better numbers of Arabi Matondo over a season than Ryan Kent. And I know that's not the be-all and end-all in terms of stats versus what your IC and ball carry and everything else, but I just think there's... you're going to have to get somebody for that position. Sakala's another man. A lot of people wrote him off, and, and here he is. He's our best goal threat, and um, he's in and around the first choice for the for the, the front three. Uh, I just I think, think we just, need a wee bit yeah. more optimistic around players and give them a chance. A season isn't that long as a Rangers player, as much as we want to see otherwise. I think we're just, as you know, we're too impatient. We always have been. You've said it. I mean, Ian Ferguson took a, a bit to settle. I remember McCoy's getting pelters when Mark Haitley signed and it was like a hold on, the guy's been injured. So there's that. The, the biggie for me, again, is even this, we're talking 5-2. Again, if I had to go home and the wife would say to me, great result, and you go, ah, but we didn't really play well, we're worried about, obviously, the, the problems that we've got at the back. But apart from the blinking Celtic thing, I think that's the frustrating thing. But you're right, we've got to, at least a player has got to have a number of games so that we can actually see. It's no good as well just putting them on for 20 minutes and then nothing for four weeks. And, do you know, I give them a run. And as you say, after a period of time, Andy, then by all means, look, you had your chance, it didn't work. But I mean, I'm kind with you. I think we're, we're too quick to kind of write people off, aren't we? Well, he yeah. had an assist there. And, sorry, Davey. He, he also, I mean, I've, I've got his stats in front of me, but I remember Tinkas who had an assist. Yeah, and so the boys know, I, I think it's just been overblown. And I think the Ross Wilson dynamic, you never heard the word Ross Wilson with the in the same sentence. And it was used as a kind of brickbat for him. But I'm, I'm an eternal optimist. I know that. But I think <laughs> yeah. we've paid money for him. Um, if he doesn't go in the summer, we've got to back the boy and we've got to let him bleed into the team. I think I think Van Bronck has done him a disservice. I think he should have been bled into the team far more than he was. Well, I would also argue you could say same about Diallo, um, yes. who has gone on mm-hmm. to have a yeah. subsequently excellent season and was clearly a better player than we saw out of him. And, and I'd agree with that. I think you've got to try and get something out of... And it might not work, but it's just got to be worth the effort. Um, and I think that it was interesting to see him on the left 
because of for obvious reasons that, that Kent always starts. He hasn't had opportunities on the left. Instead, he's been playing on the right with this sort of inverted winger of coming in and having a shot. Whereas, I don't know, I just like guys on the right side. You know what I mean? I just like guys to be able to go on the outside first. Yeah, sure, cut in, but... Mm-hmm. Um, it shouldn't that that shouldn't be the the, the first because I think you limit them then when you do that because everybody knows what they're going to try and do and unless you're exceptional at it, um, teams can defend and, and plan for you then. But yeah, be interesting to see where we go from here. And a wee shout out, Alan, to Alfredo Morelos took a lot of criticism lately, but two goals. Um, and then we saw in the end that the, the sort of running about trying to get his hat trick that we maybe haven't seen from him at other times. Um, look, I think it's fair to say that story's coming to an end at Rangers, but. Yeah. One thing that will never be in doubt is that the crowd absolutely love him. I got pelters, David, I think, after the last flagship because I was saying, well, he was linking up and I would still play them against Celtic and because he, he did give us something, you know. But as you say, I think on Saturday we saw, and we, we do, when you think of, what, a million quid mm. overall, he's the most frustrating guy on earth with the red cards early, all the stuff, the attitude and so on. But my God, do we not just love seeing Alfie scoring and that wee cheeky wee smile, eh? Absolutely, and uh, look, two two really good goals. I loved his finish for the first one because it, mm-hmm. it came up quite quickly and the control was excellent. Uh, and then there's something really pleasing about a guy two yards out just going, fucking Side have foot. this. No, I mean, watch it. Oh, the first it one, laces yeah. through it. Second one, as you say, beautiful. Controlled, yeah. low, daisy cutter. Just perfect, absolutely perfect finish from him. Um, and yeah, I was glad to see him get those goals, obviously, because it helped us to get on to the victory. Andy, before we move on to the aforementioned Ross Wilson, uh, no longer of this parish, uh, you did have a rant on social media at the weekend, <laughs> and I, I wanted to give <laughs> Which you one? one. Uh, that, that one was about the crowds, and the fact that Ibrox is, generally speaking, not exactly packed when the final whistle goes. Davey, I'm very, very conscious that I'm on heart and hand. I've got a platform. I know that I, to a degree I represent heart and hand and sometimes folk will think my opinion is a representative of the opinion of Which is never true because I, no, I think you're a dick. <laughs> well, I'm not even going to argue that. So <laughs> I did say I was going to be Bill Lecky, so I must be doing something right. <laughs> the thing about the crowd is, right, it's not the first time I've had this thought. And and I, I, I this is name Uber Staunch Andy McGowan here. This is just a fact that I usually stay for 90 minutes. I've always stayed for 90 minutes at a point of principle because I just think if we demand, if I demand what I want from the club and the players in the park, the least I can do is give them the respect to stay to the final whistle. Um, and I'm, and let me tell you, 5-1 defeats at Ibrox to Celtic and all sorts, I've still done it. I've been greeting by the end of it, but I've still done it. So it's no me sitting saying, look at me, I say the end. I just think that I thought it was over the top. I thought it was embarrassing by the end of that game because if you we've got a certain view of ourselves right and I think as a support we are rightly very very proud of what we do for a club and especially the last 10 12 years what we've done is kind of untouchable we've walked the walk and I've said that many a time but I think we're kind of back to normality where we've just got that wee bit of um, you know arrogant entitlement and if, if you if you if I'd brought somebody to Ibrooks on Saturday from down south or another country, and they've heard all about the Ibrooks atmosphere and you know the Leipzig and the things that we we, we applaud ourselves about. I know it's not going to be like that in a normal domestic game. The league's gone right, but I think they would be sitting there looking around about them at eighty minutes, not I mean ninety minutes, saying, "Hold on a minute, has there been a, a fire or something?" Because 
I, I wonder what the players think as well, um, given the intensity of demands that we have. And then a lot is, and, and listen, if you're listening to us, listeners and you've got a bad hip or you need to get away early because you're working, that's no who I'm having a go at here. That's going to happen. But there was about 30, 35,000 folk out the ground for 90 minutes. And I just thought to myself, that is that is weird. It's a strange, strange thing that I don't think is, you know, universal. I think it's became fairly unique to us and it's became a habit. I can remember, Davey, folk used to sing uh, part-time supporters as we were going to the ground. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. In the 90s, yeah, absolutely. So um, it's just it, went too it's, far. It's always been a thing, right? I mean, it has always been a thing, um, certainly from the time I've been going. I think the transport links are a factor. It can make a difference. If you live in Glasgow, that's one thing. If you live further afield, yeah. you're maybe adding genuinely another hour and a half onto your journey. And I know that people will go, I so what? But it's people's weekends, and that's precious time that they don't have a lot of, you know, um, to spend with family and whatnot. So I do get it. And for a lot of people, there's no getting away from it. Going to the fat bar is a social thing. And they want to get for a pint, and that I just don't see how it changes, to be honest. And there is, of course, the ultimate argument ender: whether you think it's right, whether you don't. Um, does anyone have the right to tell somebody else what they can do with a ticket that they've bought? That's that's what it comes down to. So I, I do get where you're coming from, but equally, in terms of you know the real politic of it, is it going to stop? No. Um, is it something that? You can really even because because people get angry when you bring this up. It's like, yeah. I'll do what I want, and that is one of the things that that makes it difficult to to even discuss it. There are people. See, that's the thing, right? See, if you're going to say what some people have got legitimate excuses to do it, other people will say I don't need a legitimate excuse in inverted commas to do it because I paid for my ticket. If I want to leave five minutes early, then damn it, I'll leave five minutes early. And it isn't totally unique, by the way. I've left concerts early, Andy. We five minutes to go when it right this is the last song they play i don't mind missing it i'll bugger off now and i'll get an earlier train and be home 45 minutes earlier david David, i don't want to swear i've done it i mean i i leave now no well and what i don't like though is there's an implication by people that say it even the they're going away as if they're better ranger supporters which is the biggest lot of shite i've heard but anyway you hear that but listen, no, listen, no, no. Shite. no, but it is, I've, listen, I've, I've done it, I've, I've got these enclosures, you know, maybe a couple of minutes to go, my mates are in the Copeland, and then what I'll do is, oh, can I go and watch the last maybe minute or so, and the wee screens at the Copeland, we'll walk down to the end of Paisley Road, Paisley Road West, but for 20 years when I was going in the car, we used to have to leave early to get a, a place, and then at times we would see if Rangers were 3-0 up or whatever, you know, and the game was done. We would do it five minutes to go. That's it. We're going to go away and get our car. So different people, and a lot of people are travelling all over the place and they've got things. But what used to really scunner me was, yeah, so I'm like a better Ranger supporter than people who nick out with five minutes to go. And I just think it's a lot of piss. It's, it's maybe a lot easier for other guys around the Glasgow area. And not even so bad maybe for me at Wishill and all that. Yeah, mm-hmm. But there's people all over the country. and That's you on my list, Alan. I don't mm. care, Andy. Fuck your I, list. Yeah. Also, also, it should be taken into account. There are people like me, Andy. I mean, I, I, I was, well, I'm a recovering alcoholic. So, but when I was drinking, quite often I wouldn't have to get to the bar. <laughs> yeah. I'd, be fuck, I'd be fucking choking. I'd be shaking. So, uh, no, look, it. I just don't see it change. I know it annoys some people, and I know it annoys some people who, who 
do it and feel that they've every right to do it. So I just, I, you know, the, the idea that you can get this group of 50,000 people behaving. To stay. <laughs> yeah. No, just behaving right. one way on everything is never going to happen. These are 50,000 individuals with individual ideas, individual lives, individual plans, you know, in place for the weekends. It just isn't going to happen. But uh, I, I not. I knew what I was doing when I put that up, and that's why I see these little upset folk are putting those in a joint. <laughs> I just thought, and listen, everything Alan's saying is valid. I'm not actually arguing against that. I just thought, hold on a minute, there's 35,000. A few minutes, Andy, a few minutes are the odd occasions where somebody's got to go away to something. But as you say, I think it is ridiculous if you've got potentially 15,000 people going away 10, you 15 just minutes. Said you did it. You no, that. no, but no, no, but David, no, no. But what I mean is, I don't mean like 10, 15,000 people all going away with 15 minutes to go or that, but people nicking out five minutes before and for the odd time. Absolutely. There's nothing wrong with that at all. Imagine know. Bradley in the, in the dock. Your yeah, Honour. Yeah, exactly. Um, right, well, I mean, we'll finish up then. Ross Wilson, uh, been the target of some ire, I think it's fair to say, this season. Uh, no longer with us. He has headed to Nottingham Forest. Rangers will look to replace the position in some form. I'm not sure it'll be a direct. I think they may change the job spec somewhat. Michael Beale is saying he's looking after things at the, the training ground and he's much more hands-on in recruitment, which he was in January as well. I think he prefers to be more hands-on than maybe, for example, Giovanni Van Bronckhorst did. Andy, there's been a lot of call for change and in the last two weeks, new chairman, director of football leaving, uh, the manager speaking about the squad being looking quite radically different after the summer. Um, I think that in terms of people who've been you know, upset, that, that They've kind of got what they wanted, really, and and I think it it leads to an exciting period for us moving forward. Yep, and uh, I think what I'm going to see here because I'm I'm the guy that I'm the conservative, and I, I'm saying no. Director of football needs five years. I would have gave Ross Wilson this summer. I'll, I'll make no bones about that. Um, but I have made point time and time again that it would probably be his his last chance saloon. Um, the changing of the chairman, I think. Has a has a degree of influence, right? Because John Bennett was there, and I don't think he's all of a sudden his voice has been elevated. I think his voice would all have been listened to anyway. So I don't know if that will make that much a difference. But I have I do see John Bennett as a, a man of vision and integrity, uh, and I think he can look around corners. So I, I'm I'm quite pleased he's the chairman. And in terms of the Ross Wilson thing, it, it was probably best for him to go. So, so the the Nottingham Forest thing transpiring, even I'm like, ah, well, you know, this might not be for the the, the the worst thing to happen because it takes away all the heat. There was no protest on Saturday, and as you say, David, in a way, the, everybody's got what they wanted if they wanted Wilson to go. Like politics, and I think I said this in the extra last week. Like politics, um, you're going to go through periods in football where you're not popular, and it's a case of hunkering down and getting through it, and recovering the, the ground again, if you like. Ross Wilson was in that territory. He, he was going to have to recover the ground because of the ground that was lost this year in terms of goodwill. I'll be very interested to see who we get in as a replacement. Um, and I take note of your, your point there, David, that you know that there might be a, a tweak of description or role or whatever. Um, Ross Wilson was not recruitment. He was, that was his 
laps where we judged him on, but there was a whole lot more to it than that. And that's why he always got a wee bit more leeway for me than maybe others. So, listen, I, I, I could have been wrong. If, I, if I'd kept Ross Wilson and it went blew up in the first two months of next season, then I'm, I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. I just do, I do, I have got conviction that whatever role we've got, whether it's sport director, recruitment director, whatever, we need to take a wee bit longer term views on things. We need to give people time to get it right and make mistakes because we're not going to get perfection all the time. If we've got good Andy, people, we've got good people. Yeah, Andy, I think that he did good work in terms of stuff like infrastructure, right? Yeah. That, that we don't see, so he'll never get the credit for it, and that is true. Um, recruitment was on, on his watch. The medical department was on his watch. The academy was on his watch. And I think all of those could be improved. So for me, he had you know done some good things, done some bad things, but I just felt that he had absolutely come to the end of his particular road at Rangers. Um, and I think every so often, we, I think we need someone coming in with fresh eyes and saying, right, let me have a look at this medical department. Let me have a look at this academy. Um, I, I really genuinely believe that. Alan, it's it's a role that modern football clubs of our size need. A lot of our fans don't understand it because they think, as Andy says, it's purely to do with transfers when it isn't. Um, a lot of it is kind of technical administrative stuff. Uh, that that needs done. You, you certainly, you know, it's not like the old days when a manager. There's great stories about Alex Ferguson. You know, he was the guy that ordered the pies at Petodre. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> you know, um, that that kind of stuff is is no longer here. Um, but I do think also the fact, you know, I, I do take Andy's point about Wilson get judged in recruitment. He was forever banging on about I say, you know, I sold. Bassey for this much, I sold Patterson for that much, got his highest ever. It was in the statement when he was leaving that he did that. Um, whenever we signed a new player, there he was, you know, front and centre. Hmm. No, 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 to be seen when it went tits up, but there he was, front and centre. So no, I, I don't, I don't buy that argument. I think recruitment is a massive part of a director of football's overview, and I think, I think his recruitment was was pretty poor all in, to be honest. I, th- I think he got more wrong than he did right, David. And, mm. and as you say, God, I remember John Gregg had to negotiate with agents to do away a fight at Ibrooks. Do you know what I mean? The actual, yeah. the money, it was ridiculous, obviously, in those days. We definitely need a sporting director anyway, or whatever they call it. Right. There needs to be whatever someone the name else. Is, it doesn't matter. But it doesn't, you, no. and, and also, once a manager has said, I'd like this player, then I don't want the manager wasting time, as you say, talking to agents and guys no, about money no. um, and contracts and stuff. So you need a guy who goes and does that. Um, and I agree with you. I don't expect any Rangers transfer uh, summer to be 100%. We're never going to get just hit after hit after hit. It doesn't work like that. It'd be lovely if we did, but it just doesn't. Um, but I expect better than what his hit rate was. And for me, I just think, you know, people talk about legacies and stuff. His legacy is a League Cup final where we start with nine Mark Allen signings. And that that's a fact. Um that yeah. he, he didn't really progress as, and progress the squad particularly. Um few of the guys he brought in really had a big effect. I think he had a propensity to be uh to take things that were maybe bargains in terms of coming to us. You mentioned their Hellander 
why is a player as good as Hellander leaving Serie A to come to Scotland? Because he's injury prone. Kamar Roof, you know, a number of players, if only we can get Aaron these guys Ramsey, fit, aye, kind of thing, did, yeah, yeah. You can do that once or twice. You can't do it time after time if it's blown up in your face every single time. And yet we continued to do that. We've got players coming out of contract. We've got a midfield that up until January, we just kicked down the road for three years. Um the goalkeeping mm-hmm. situations. I, I, I look. I just think sometimes something comes along that suits everybody, and this suits everybody. I think it was time for him to go. I think it was time for Rangers to get a new guy in, and Forrest wanted him. So for me, it's just you know one of these. I, I think the, the the manager as well, David Beale, doesn't have the bandwidth, you know, to do all of that other stuff, especially because Beale's spending more time on the training ground even than Steven Gerrard did. So it's vital that someone else is in as you say, on that side of the, you know, obviously the two of them need to work really, really close together. But no, nah, I think the time is right now, David. And let's hope we just get, we take our time and we get the right one in and then we can just move forward on it. Yeah, because people are saying, well, what about the recruitment this summer? It's very advanced. So um, mm-hmm. I don't think that'll be too big an issue. Right, folks, that will do us here this week on Heart and Hand. My thanks to our executive producers in London, Mike Lee and Paul Myers. And of course, our show. And please go and try out Heart and Hand on Patreon. It's a wonderful site. The best two quid a month you can spend if you're a Rangers fan. Trust me with the amount of great content that's on there. My thanks to my two guests. First of all, to Andy. Thanks, David. Remember, folks, stay for 90. He's at Bob McPhail <laughs> on Twitter, folks, if you wish to send him some, some good-natured ribbing or some... some it was good-natured, I must say that. I ended up yeah. having a good laugh with folk. Yeah, because Alan wants to punch your head in. And uh, Alan Bradley. Sorry, Alan's away to get his tea. He left five minutes ago. <laughs> no, thanks. thanks. Enjoy, enjoyed it. And apologies for the language, David. Uh, Thanks for listening, folks. Uh, Cammy will be back with you on Wednesday or Thursday with this week's Heart and Hand Extra preview and our trip to Pitodri. And I will, of course, be back here next week to reflect on it. So until then, have a wonderful week and I will talk to you again soon. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchases, over prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.